this, this great joy that we're talking about. It's the third Sunday of Advent, and we've gone through hope and peace, and, and this week we're going to talk about joy. And uh, in the scripture it says, today there's good news that's going to bring you great joy, and it's for everyone. I think sometimes in the world we live in, and the times that we live in, sometimes we lose sight of what joy really is and where joy comes from. And, and I look around and I, I see a society of people without joy. I see churches filled with people without joy. And it makes no sense to me because the scripture says that today I bring good news of great joy that is for everyone. We should have great joy in our life. It, it should be something that resides in each and every one of us. But yet as I talk to people, I find that they're missing this joy. You, you may be one of those people that you're struggling with joy in your life and you don't understand why. And, and maybe you're even running from God in that instance where you're just, you just struggle to have this, this peace and this hope. And, but especially joy, it just kind of leaves you. You're blessed, and God is taking care of you, and you understand that, but, but joy is just missing. Back in 2000, Shardell and I, when we uh, finished pastoring my first church, we'd been there seven years, and we gave a resignation, and we went, and we were attending Spring Hills, and uh, Spring Hills, as we were there, the church was running around 900, 1,000 people, and Pastor Jeff uh, was preaching um, and it was about the third year we were there, and it was near the end of when we were there. We were moving on to start some other uh, things and do some other projects and ministry. But at the time, um, as he was preaching, he, he said, uh, God just really spoke to him and said, we have a, a 900 to 1,000 people, but I look around and there's no joy. And if anybody should be joyous, if anybody should have joy in their life, it should be us as followers and believers in Jesus Christ. And he said, and, and I remember it made such an impact on me because I thought, sat there and thought about how can we as believers and followers in Christ not have joy? And if we can't have joy, no offense, but how in the world can the world around us have joy? Where are they going to find it? We know where joy re resides. We know where it comes from. And yet, I look around and where's the joy? So today as we talk about that, what does it mean that there's good news of, of great joy for everyone? We live in a time in history where over the last hundred years before this, prior to this, was a world war. World War I took off, and, and, and for whatever reason, this desire to have dominance over everybody, and they had this world war. And we must not have learned very much because shortly after, 20 years after, comes World War II where millions and millions of people are killed and, and destroyed in the name of, of trying to be dominant over the whole world. This idea that we can be in control. And, and so there's this, this, we live in a time where we've watched these wars take place. And, and it's, it's not like these wars haven't occurred in history, but this is what we call a world war. It's an it's a occasion where we try to to bring the whole world into it and take control over everything. And we live in a time when we look around and there is no joy, there is no peace, there is no hope. It's kind of frustrating. And yet, Jesus said 2,000 years ago, or God said 2,000 years ago, I am bringing good news. 
good news of great joy. And it's for everyone. It's not just for the Jewish people that are waiting for the Messiah. It's not just for a select and elect few people. It's for everyone. It's good news for everyone. What would the world look like if the entire world was full of joy? <laughs> Heaven. <laughs> I guess that's a good answer. That's as close to heaven as we would ever get without actually being there, right? And when we get to heaven, I imagine and dream of the immense joy that will be there. But we live in a time where there's no peace, no joy. In our personal lives, there's depression and anxiety at an all-time high in the world that we live in. We live in a time where loss of loved ones has caused us to go into the Christmas season. And I I don't know why, but it seems like in December we've had more deaths over the last several years than than I care to imagine or understand. There's a lot of birthdays, I have to tell you. (laughs) There's a lot of birthdays in December. There's a lot of death. And it's hard to go into the holiday season, whether you had a death in December or whether you had a death in the fall, It doesn't matter. You're going into this holiday season maybe for the first time without those loved ones that made it such a joyous time. And now you're sitting there going, I don't want to put up my tree. I don't want to wrap presents. Gift card will be just fine, right? I mean, we live in a time where it's tough to find this joy. And yet I believe that it's a travesty and a tragedy that as believers in Christ, we're not joyous. And I don't mean that to, to beat anybody up. I just mean it to maybe provide you some hope. That if anybody should be happy, it's us. If anybody should be joyous, it's us. If anybody should walk with a, a pep to their step, a hope, it is us. I feel for the rest of the world that has no hope because they have not Christ. I, I feel for them. But for us, there's this joy that should just be Coming from all of us, Uh, there's good news, great joy, and it's for everyone. In the city of David, a child is born. You ever notice that a baby brings good news? It doesn't matter whose family it is. When you hear a baby is coming, it's good news. My father's family had 12 children Mom had six, grandma had 16, four of them died at birth. Twelve children. I wonder when she got news that the 16th baby was, was coming, if it was good news. <laughs> I'm being a little, a little ornery, a little facetious. After 16 kids, is it still good news? It is to God. It is to me, it should be to you, it's good news. I know some families, when they're on their third or fourth kid, are going, oh, no, another one. What am I going to do, right? There's something incredibly special about a baby and the change that it brings into the lives and into the families. It's good news. Acts 5.41, we've been studying in Bible study and the disciples, the apostles go before the Sanhedrin and they tell them to shut up, 
Quit talking about this Jesus. Quit saying his name. But they couldn't really do anything because they were afraid of the crowds. And so Gamaliel told them, go ahead and let this thing go. Do you remember back when Thaddeus rose up and had 400 followers and we killed him and they all dispersed? You remember when Judas rose up and he had his followers and we killed Judas and it dispersed? We've killed this Jesus and now his disciples are out talking about him. If it's of God, you can't stop it. And if it's not of God, it'll stop on its own. So guys, leave him alone. And so they flogged him, they beat him, and they sent him out and said, keep your mouth shut, which they're not going to keep their mouth shut. And as they're leaving the Sanhedrin, they're rejoicing because they were beaten. I got spanked a few times in my life as a little child. I never rejoiced because I was beaten by my father. I never looked at the yardstick. Do you guys remember the quarter-inch thick yardsticks? Yeah. And I remember dad going, and that thing snapped on my behind. And I went, ow. And I never rejoiced that it cracked in half. <laughs> I wasn't excited that he broke it on my behind. I wasn't excited that I got in trouble and had to be I wasn't excited. These apostles were excited, not because they were beaten, but because Jesus said, if they hate you, they're going to hate me. If they beat me, they're going to beat you. And they were excited because they were sharing in the suffering that Jesus suffered. They rejoiced. It means there's joy there. How in the world do you find joy when you're being beaten? James chapter 1, <clears throat> excuse me, verses 2 and 3. James is speaking. He's a half-brother of Jesus, and he says, Brothers and sisters, count it all joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. <laughs> the disciples, apostles were excited because they were being suffering for Jesus. James says, count it all joy, pure joy, when you go through trials and tribulations. Most of us don't get excited when we're going through those trials and tribulations. So how in the world, when we live in a world that is going through what it's going through, when we live in a time when, when we are persecuted for our faith, and maybe it's not the persecution that the disciples went through, but, but when we're going through those times of trials and tribulations, and you're sitting there at Christmas season, and you're looking at, at, at everything going on, and you're saying, Pastor Jim, how am I supposed to have joy? In my life. So, what is joy? Rick Warren adds his own definition. He says, Joy is a settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right, and the determined choice to praise God in every situation. Joy is a settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right, and the determined choice to praise God in every situation. We talk about joy, and people look at happiness, and they say, you know, they're the same thing. They're not the same thing. Joy is making peace with the fact that 
this is what's happening in your life and still praising God and being okay with it. Happiness tends to be externally triggered by the things that happen around us. My happiness comes when I get a pizza, <laughs> right? Uh, happiness comes when I eat turkey and stuffing and dressing at Thanksgiving. Happiness comes when I <laughs> preach it. <laughs> happiness comes when I'm watching Hallmark <clears throat> movies on Christmas. I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe. All right, women are all excited. Men are going, what just happened? All right, happiness Happiness happens when my grandchildren run up and jump on my lap and give me a hug. Happiness happens when I hear the voice of my child or happiness happens when I talk to a friend or, or maybe happiness happens when you get in a car that's really got it and you hit the pedal and it goes, and you just, gone. For a guy, that's happiness. For a woman, it's like, what is wrong with you? Unless you're Amanda or Stacy, or right? Unless you got a heavy foot, right? Now, happiness are those things that are externally triggered. It's the seeing the lights on the trees. And, but that's not joy. Joy is different. And when we look at the passage today, Jesus says, I bring good news of great joy. That is for everyone. So if you have your Bibles with me, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 and 20. Would you follow along? And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, watching, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Friday night, if you were here, you got to see the kids dive into the ground when they were terrified. It was funny to hear the adults laughing as the kids bailed into the ground. Verse 9, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. In your notes, the first thing I see that joy is the assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. Joy is the assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The angels appear and they are terrified. The shepherds fall down and they're scared. And he says, don't be afraid. And they're afraid because an angel just showed up in the middle of the night and said, boo. Right? I mean, the angels showed up and said, I want to tell you something is happening. And they're, they're scared to death. But we live in a time in life where we are terrified by a lot of things that are happening in our lives. And Jesus says to us, God says to us, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. 
In order not to be afraid means that everything has to be in control, has to be all right, has to be safe. When I lost my job, Shardell would look at me and said, are we going to be okay? Didn't have a job, didn't know what I was going to do, been working in aviation for 24 years. And she looked at me and said, is it going to be okay? I said, honey, it's going to be fine. God's got this. We got this. It's going to be fine. God's in control. Do not worry about it. It's going to be okay. Don't be afraid. You think she was afraid? Yeah, she didn't care what I had to say. Yeah, she's still scared. I said, honey, it's okay. Don't be afraid. Honey, it's okay. Don't be afraid. Honey, it's okay. Don't be afraid. The children come to your bedroom and they're crying because it's lightning and it's storming outside. And they look at you and they're scared and they say, daddy, what do I do? Don't be afraid. It's okay. We're going to be all right. When someone tells you, don't be afraid, don't worry, I got you, it's going to be okay. Those are words of assurance, assurance that what you're going through is going to turn out all right. So if joy is this assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life, joy should mean that we're not afraid. Anymore. Whether you're 80, 90, or 15, if Christ is in your life, if God is in control of your life, if you've given Him control, you should not be afraid. You say, Pastor Jim, I'm terrified. You don't need to be. God's got this, God's in control. Now, here's the problem. It's kind of like when you are there and all of a sudden out of nowhere in the darkness of the night, this bright light comes and appears to you and you go, oh, and you fall down terrified, right? Well, guys, I want to tell you, when someone calls you or the doctor tells you you've got cancer, you're terrified. When you're in the middle of a car wreck, you're terrified. When you're in the middle of, of a fire or a sinking boat, you're terrified. When you're at the hospital and a loved one's just died, you're terrified. I'm telling you. But in just a moment, as you collect yourself, you don't need to be afraid. Because there's good news. God is in control. Pastor Jim, it doesn't feel like it's in control. I know that. But it's in control. And this will be a sign to you, he tells them. Go and see this baby that's born in Bethlehem, the city of David, the Messiah, the promised one is here. Go. It's going to be okay. Joy can only come when we have this assurance that God is in control. And I know for a split second, terror will grip you and grab you and scare you. I know it. And that's okay. God doesn't freak out and God's not caught off guard by your fear or anxiety. He's not. It's okay. But I want you to know there's good news. God's in control. He's got you. It's going to be okay. If you want joy in your heart, I'm not talking about happiness. Happiness is an ice cream cone or a lollipop. It's a kiss on the cheek or kiss on the lips right? That's happiness. But joy comes deep from within. It's this assurance that knowing God's in control. 
Everything, the details of life is under control. So if you want to settle this in your heart today, you need to realize and understand, God has got this. It doesn't feel like it. It didn't seem like it. But I want you to know, God's got this. And your joy will start to become real. Your joy will start to well up inside you. It's just this peace of knowing that it's going to be okay. No hope, no peace, no joy, no love. This is true until about 2,000 years ago when an event happened and changed everything. Second thing that I see in our notes is joy is quiet confidence. Joy is quiet confidence. That means peace. Joy is quiet confidence that everything is going to be all right. God is in control of the details. That's an assurance and knowing he's in control. Number two, this quiet confidence, this peace of knowing that everything is going to be all right. Once again, God's got you. If life is only these 30, 40, 50, 60, 90 years on earth, then yes, we of most people would be miserable. But it's not. Life is but a vapor. What matters is eternity and who we are in Christ. That's what matters. And so our joy doesn't come by these things in this earth. Our joy comes because what God has done for us for eternity. Just in this story, the angels appear, and they're setting this perimeter around these shepherds, and they're saying, guys, it's okay. Bethlehem is covered. Satan is wanting to attack. If Satan had his way right now, he would come and kill this baby, this Messiah. We got this. There's something about seeing these angels there in that moment and realizing they're there to take care of the situation of things we can't even see or comprehend. God's got you. It's this peace, this quiet confidence, everything's going to be all right. The foundation for joy in your life begins with weeks one and two in the Advent season where we talk about hope and we talk about peace. This quiet confidence that ultimately everything's going to be all right. Pastor Jim, I've been through trials and tribulations, and I don't have peace, and I don't have joy. I know. I want you to know Easter's coming. <laughs> Easter's coming. You see, when Jesus died and rose from the grave, everything was taken care of in that one moment in time. The birth of the baby lets us know there's great news, there's great joy coming. Good news, great joy is coming. Whew. Easter's on its way. Eternity's on its way. It's going to be okay. Third thing, the final thing, joy is a determined choice to praise God in every situation. A determined choice to praise God in every situation. This is where joy gets tough. See, it's one thing to have this assurance that God is in control, and it's another thing to have this peace that 
everything's going to be all right. But the third one's tough because it lets us know that we have a choice. We have a choice to accept Christ as our Savior and to receive this joy. We have a choice to reject him. We have a choice to praise him or curse him. We have a choice to praise him or wallow in the mire, so to speak. We have a choice. See, that's where it gets tough because now free will says you get to choose whether you're going to be joyous. Well, Pastor Jim, I was okay to get to that part. <laughs> Pastor Jim, I don't like that part because it's hard to make that choice sometimes. But it's a choice. You want joy? It's a determined choice to praise God in every situation. He says to them, you'll find the baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. This baby changes everything. I never understood my heavenly father until I became a parent. I never understood how God could love me so much that he would send his son in this world to die for me. I couldn't comprehend that kind of love. That unconditional love that gives me grace and forgives me when I sin over and over and over. Even when I commit the same sin again and again. And God shows me grace. I never understood that until I became a papa. At the moment of conception, I changed. When Chardell looked at me and said, <clears throat> I think I'm pregnant. You guys remember those? <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember those announcements? Um, well, um, or they'll do, they'll hold up the stick. Right now it's the stick. Surprise! It changes everything. By the third or fourth child, it's like, oh, good, goody, right? But the first child, <laughs> but the first child is like, oh. And it changes how you think, it changes your attitude, your future plans change, your home even changes, the rooms become different. Oh, honey, look at this wallpaper, look at this crib, right? It changes, we paint the walls different, it changes everything in your life. Women's diets change, men's don't, but women's diets change. Habits change, language, hopefully your language, <laughs> come on guys, change your language, right? Don't tell me no. First time your child says something that's wrong, I'm going to slap you instead of the child. You got this? We got this? Right? Yeah, it changes everything. It changes how we speak, how we think, how we live, how we sleep. <laughs> it changes you can't sleep 12 hours anymore, guys. You got to get up. <laughs> the women said it ain't happening. Men never do it. Guys, here's the amazing thing. Joy is an event that happened in time. Joy is an event that happened in time. When the angels announced to the shepherds, ah, don't be afraid. I have good news, great joy that will be for everyone. This child, this baby was born 
in the city of David, the Messiah is here. And it changed everything. And joy comes from an event. If you remove God from the equation, if you take Jesus out of this world, I want to tell you that joy is not going to be present. You can't find joy in psychology or psychoanalyzing yourself. You can't find joy in things of this world. And you'll, they try it. Trust me. There's 7 billion people in this world, and that we try to find joy in all kinds of areas. But joy was an event. When Jesus came, joy came, and it changed everything. And it says the shepherds went back and told people what they had seen and what they had heard. It was an event that changed the world. And 2,000 years later, we have joy not because we got the latest car or the latest cell phone or the latest TV or the best cable or the best job or the best spouse. We have joy because of an event where Jesus, God, came to earth to man. That gives us joy. And no matter what you're going through, if you make the choice to praise him in those situations, joy will just well up inside you. Because joy comes from this assurance, this hope that God is in control. It comes from this peace or this quiet confidence that everything is going to be all right. It comes from this determined choice to praise him no matter what's going on in your life. Because a baby changes everything. It's a choice. This time I'm going to ask Pam and the band to come on up, whoever's singing away in the manger with us. As they're coming and getting ready, how's your joy? How's your joy? I share in a lot of the statistics, a lot of the things that, not statistics necessarily, but the fact that World War II and World War I and all the stuff that's happening in the world and all the things that steals our joy. I, I talked about some of those things simply for this reason, that when I look around the family of God, I see people who have not joy. But if we have this relationship with Christ, with the God of the universe, how can we not have joy? It doesn't mean you're always going to be happy. It doesn't mean you're always going to be on. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about a joy. I don't know about you, but when I'm under pressure situations, I get my game face on. I do. I get my game face on. Friday night, living nativity, my game face is on. I don't know if people look at me and see much joy because I'm game face on, right? We're doing living nativity. We're going to tell them about Jesus whether they want to or not. You know what I mean? We're, we're going we're to share this good news, right? But it's game face. We're, I'm weird. I know. I know. You guys aren't like that. I'm, I'm like that. It's who I am. It's how I'm wired. But after the night is over, I exhale. And I look at the numbers. And 130 visitors walked through and 42 workers worked the event 172 people were here to hear this good news, and we shared with them this story of a Savior who came into a dark world. And I sat there afterwards, and I just went, thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the moment. 
God, thank you for all the workers. I just went down through the list in my head of all the people and just, I'm, we're so blessed. We're so blessed. We had, we had shepherds upon shepherds and angels upon angels, and we, we just had amazing, amazing time. And it's in those moments that I just, and my joy just wells up. It's not that I'm not joyful during the moment. I am. I'm, I'm happy about the moment. But for me, it's after it all is over. And I exhale, and I just say, man, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Or Wednesday when I'm with Fran and the family, and she's ready to go meet our Savior. I don't want to see her pass. 36 years of muscular dystrophy of suffering. 48 years of marriage, Jim has been taking care of her. And now she's going to step into the presence of God. And she's going to walk and leap and sing and shout. No more pain, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pills. I hate to see her go, but I can't wait to see her again. And this joy is not that she's passing, but that she's going into the presence of God and being with him. That's my joy. And folks, you're sitting here and life is happening. But the joy is knowing that God's got this. And we need to choose to praise him, to be joyful. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I can't put into words this good news. Every week we gather together and we try to share this good news, this incredible story of God coming to earth to pay the sin debt that I can't pay, to buy back the very children he created in his image because sin has separated them from him, from you. And, Father, what kind of love is that? It's good news, great joy to everyone. So, Father, today, if we're here and our joy has been zapped, Maybe we just life has just taken it out of us. May we choose today to trust you and to praise you and to accept this joy that you have for us. Ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would all please rise and join us in singing all three verses of hymn number 